Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. This is a series called Better Call Saul, where we discuss what is currently impossible that if it were possible, would fundamentally change the way we do business as real estate agents. On today's episode, we will be talking about you are being sued by the United States of America. Here with me today is my co-host, Rachel Real, broker owner of Rachel Real Estate in Chicago. She's been an agent for 18 years and has been on the Pro Standards Committee for eight of those years, currently serving as the three times past chair. She is passionately nerdy about all things real estate and all of those lovely real estate rules. Busted. I am. <laughs> How you doing, Jen? Good. Good. So and with us today is Saul Klein. And Saul is the godfather of real estate technology. Saul has been licensed to sell real estate for over 47 years. He was an original team member of Realtor.com and the creator of NAR's technology certification we know as ePro. Saul was personally responsible for the first 500,000 listings to be displayed to the public on Realtor.com, spearheading listing syndication, which is the distribution of your listings to the consumer over the internet. So welcome to Saul, and we're going to dive into today's topic. Saul, how are you going to protect us from getting sued by the United States of America? Well, I think it's just kind of neat to be sued by the United States of America. Unless your name is actually on the summons. And I, I was telling right. you, a, friend, a very good friend of mine who's the CEO of the San Francisco Association of Realtors was the executive officer of the San Diego Association when I was president. And uh, my association was involved in an antitrust lawsuit litigation. And when we were served, because he was the executive officer, the service had said, you know, Walt Bukowski versus the United States of America. And so very frameworthy. Yeah, well, you should frame that. But it's an important thing to, to remember is when the when you get sued by the Department of Justice, we hear this talk all the time. What does that mean? That means you're being sued by the United States of America. And the yeah. our realtor organizations have been sued by the United States of America on numerous occasions. I've got volume books that are three volumes of litigation where we've been sued primarily for antitrust. And so the recent there was a settlement. What happened there, there was a lot of, you might remember the clear cooperation policy. You might remember where there was some controversy over, I took a listing, I'd rather market it myself before I have to put it in the MLS. It's not clear or cooperative. Right. And the MLS said, wait a minute, you got to put it in the MLS. And right. Well, the Department of Justice, and then he had realtors saying, hey, if you're a buyer, it doesn't cost you anything. You can have my services for free. Right. So you had all this kind of these types of things going on. And so the Department of Justice actually got involved in a conversation with the National Association of Realtors and came to a couple of years ago, came to a settlement. And the National Association of Realtors actually, uh, Rachel, changed its code of ethics, right? Exactly. Yes. To yep, they, added verbiage to, they added verbiage to Article 12, 12-1, says you can no longer as a buyer's agent represent your services to the consumer as free. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we're still why, seeing what, it though. What forced that? Well, it got that was forced because the and National Association of Realtors and its MLS policy was being sued by the United States of America. Which as members right. as a real as a realtor and members that's you. of NAR, that's us. We're each that's you. Absolutely. So 
So that, but so NAR, Katie Johnson, great legal staff at NAR, great people at NAR, and they had done this in, in years past. And that's a whole nother, so we can talk about some of the things that took place in years past, but they reached a settlement, an agreement. And that's always uh, better than going to court. Right. Because, Absolutely. you know, the Department of Justice, they got like an endless open wallet. They can just spend all the <laughs> They got an open wallet and a whole lot of people. Yeah, all they want. So NAR reached a settlement with the Department of Justice. And then what happened is there was a presidential election and the Department of Justice leadership changed and the Federal Trade Commission leadership changed. And the new leadership that came in looked at the settlement agreement and said, that's uh, we don't like that. We're backing out of that settlement. Mm-hmm. And, and NAR said, wait a minute. And people said, wait a minute. You just can't back out of a settlement. They said, try and stop us. Right. Right. We're the, so we or the United States. We represent the United States of America. We're coming after you. And so they tried to renege on this settlement. And it's been a couple of years. And we heard the other day that mm-hmm. a judge said to the Department of Justice, to the United States of America, you can't renege. You can't back out. That's great news. I mean, at first glance, that's great news because we were thinking they were backing out so that the Department of Justice can go in and find more things that they want to sue us for. But I'm thinking- Oh, and I'm certain that was their part of their goal was to just find as much stuff as they could. Right, absolutely. But if we're saying, okay, now, now, no, you can't do that, but it's not really that great of news or it's sort of it. Well, so always- until you get to the Supreme Court, things can be appealed. So that's the first thing to kind of keep in mind. Right, true. So yeah, you don't think the Department of Justice is going to take this line down. And so we would probably think there'd be some kind of appeal to this process. But the other thing is, and what a lot of people fail to understand or recognize, is there's two paths of litigation taking place in the real estate industry. One is... right. This is only half of justice, and this is the United States of America suing you. The other is civil litigation, where consumers are suing. Right, and that's the Moeller case and a couple other cases that have been certified for class action status, which are are going after major damages, disgorgement of commissions, like five years worth of back commissions. Oh yeah, against this broker compensation clause. Right. This right, so you got the civil litigation and you've got the government litigation. And what happened is you've got a pause on the government litigation side. Right. Now that's right. good news. It but is. That's not ultimate good news. Right. Sort of. Because right. I think a step in the right direction. It's our one step forward, and there'll probably be three mm-hmm. steps back after this. But it's one half of it, and at least instead of both things going forward, we've got civil still moving forward, but the DOJ and the NAR suit stopped for now. Give us a brief context about the civil litigation, like what that could mean for us as agents. Yeah. So the civil litigation is about, and again, there's a history that got us up to this point, but about 1993, the rules of MLS changed and the MLS changed from a unilateral offer of sub-agency to an offer of compensation. And the offer of compensation came through a, what do they call it, Rachel, this broker compensation clause? Right, right. So you're, the MLS is an advertising and marketing tool, but it is also the vehicle in which a, a listing brokerage offers compensation to the buyer's agent. Yeah, and so why the is there the offer of compensation? 
because it used to be an offer of sub-agency and agency disclosure right. kind of forced a change. And so to adapt exactly okay, in 93, so that's a good number of years ago, right? Like 30 mm-hmm. years ago, they ch- the model of the MLS changed. Now, if you're not familiar with MLS, there's a lot of ways to build an MLS, but the way that most MLSs are built, they're built around the model created by the National Association of Realtors. And right. if the realtor-owned MLSs abide by those rules, they become covered by the errors and omission insurance. And of course, that's important because you never know when the United States of America is going to sue you. Right. (laughs) So you want to be covered by this errors and omission insurance. And so most MLSs, they say, you know what, we're going to follow these MLS guidelines proposed, written by the National Association of Realtors. And then we can participate in the errors and omission insurance in case where there's litigation. So almost every MLS in the country then changed, the model rules changed, they became an offer of compensation. and Which also meant that that sub-agency was no longer a thing. Now, instead of an offer of sub-agency, it's buyer agency, and that compensation offer was made to buyers' brokerages who were exclusively representing the buyers. Yes, so the civil litigation was where buyers said that they didn't have an opportunity to negotiate the commission. Right. Right. They said, well, wait a minute. All commissions are supposed to be negotiable. Our agent didn't tell us. And so we're suing because we didn't have the opportunity to negotiate commission. As a matter of fact, no buyer's been able to negotiate commission for all these years. And so all of that buyer side commission, you can add it up. We're going to go back (laughs) and try to disgorge all that and then add triple damages, treble damages to it times three. Right. right. And so that's the civil litigation side where the litigation is against this for the biggest piece, this buyer compensation clause in the MLS guidelines of the National Association of Realtors. Which is ironic because when you look at our MLS, all these other countries that don't have an MLS are look at our MLS as like the best thing ever and they want something just like it. Yet we have it and we're being sued by the United States of America. Yeah. When this in this case, the by consumers. By the consumers and the and the government. So, yep. so as real estate agents and members of NAR, so as realtors, who defends us? Well, it's a, we'll look at it, the, the National Association of Realtors has a legal staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, general counsel's Katie Johnson used to be uh, Lori Janik. Some of you might remember Lori. And so we, uh, the National Association of Realtors, and I've been associated with them in one way or another, besides being a realtor for all these years. For many, many years. And it's always impressed me as a well-run organization, no matter what people think, because they don't know, a well-run organization with this top-of-the-line people working for the organization. And so we've got a legal staff, and I'm sure they also have to bring in outside legal counsel as well to defend the National Association of Realtors, to defend Realtors, and they do a great job of it. So Here's another example. Is this just from our dues that we pay through the three-way agreement to the NAR? Yeah, so it's part of the dues. And remember that we pay the often we pay the dues. We pay it locally, and some of it goes to the state, and some of it goes to the national. And most people are just not aware of the benefits that come from the organization at any level. Right. They right, just think right. I pay. I have to pay my money, and I get nothing for it. But like, if we didn't pay that, and there was not. We could talk about our pack later. We can do a couple sentences here. But if we didn't have these people defending us and looking out for our best interests as real estate agents and for the consumer, as well as our clients, as well as our yeah, clients, the consumers right? Too, like what would happen? 
Like well, what would is, be one possibility that would happen? There is, so you're right. There is nobody else. And so who defends private property rights? Us. Our organization, right? And right. our organization funded through dues and also funded through volunteer contributions through something called RPAC, the Realtors Political Action Committee, RPAC. And you often hear realtors say, and I don't know nowadays, you know, the way things are going with color, but but uh, the realtors are, the realtor party is blue. Not that it's Democrat, it's that, right, that if you're realtors, you support the people who support private property rights. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're Democrats or Republicans or independents, NAR looks for those people that support realtors, that support consumers of real estate. And so I myself can tell you that that I belong at a certain level where I'm able to decide where my money goes for candidates. And, And while I might be of one political persuasion, I've often donated money to somebody else of another political persuasion because... They're a great defender of private property rights. But Rachel, what would happen if we didn't have these people polling for us? If we, if as real estate agents, nobody paid their dues and nobody volunteered to donate to RPAC, what could happen? Well, I mean, I I look at a a situation that I had semi-recently with a client who ended up in a position where he was underwater physically and, and literally on a house. And I ended up getting some political people in the political field involved in this situation. And those are things that, you know, when you need those resources and you need someone to help you, that's what our PAC money goes yeah. towards. So your, well, you know, your general, your general donations are going to anyone who's going to help you and help your private property owners with things with their property. Like flood insurance. Rights. Absolutely. Flood insurance. People, they, they don't even realize that the reason there's flood insurance is because of what the National Association of Realtors does to lobby for flood insurance. You'd have a lot of people underwater, right? Really underwater because uh, they don't have flood insurance, but it gets worked into the political conversation. And that's one of the things, something else that a number of years ago, the banks wanted to get involved in real estate. And if the bank, let's think about people trust their bank, people go to the bank, the bank's got the database of everybody. Couldn't the bank just say, okay, the guy sitting in the corner there sells the real estate and you'll pay a lot less. They're an employee of the bank. And so don't go mm-hmm. out and talk to a realtor. Go over here and work with this bank, with our person. And the banks right. wanted to get into real estate. And who fought that? And who kept the banks out of real estate? The National Association of Realtors. So there's things. But somebody who came into business today, they don't know that. And they just... No. And for a good example of one thing that our PAC is working on right now, too, is that the, the government in, in some capacity is looking at making electronic vehicle charging stations mandatory in every single new construction. Which is absurd. I mean, it's yeah. it, the, the whole idea is absurd. It's going to cost someone building a new home a ton of money, whether or not they want to use an electronic vehicle. Not to mention that by the time they pass a law, that's if they were to get, be successful with that. The yeah. technologies change. The electrical components change. All of these things change. So our pack yeah, is, is behind the, the, the right. Nobody who can afford that. Who can, can't afford that's it right changed. now the way it is? Right? No, no. And you're talking about apartment buildings, even any new construction. That is being built. They're saying they want these electronic vehicle charging stations. In. Well, it's so here's, a, here's another one. So our pack is going to fight that so that we aren't stuck having to do that. Rent control, right? right. When rents accelerate the way they're accelerating because they're not building enough and, and for a number of different reasons, then people start to think we need rent control. We know that rent control is destructive, that the worst mm-hmm. thing that you can have is rent control. 
But if the public wants it and it's moving in that direction and it's politically expedient, then you will have rent control. Who fights for the property owners? Right. The right. National Association of Realtors, the State Association of Realtors, and the local association of realtors. So we every once in a while you'll have a municipality wants to impose some kind of license fee. You say, wait a minute, yeah. I already pay a license fee to my state to have a real estate license. Now you're trying to tack another license fee. Sometimes they want they need the government needs more money, so they try to to attach point of sale fees to where toilet retrofits and all cost all this right all the who fights for that some of it's just so so nuts too it's just some of it's nuts but that's why we need it a lot of people don't understand so solve people wanted to learn not only more about this department of justice lawsuit against us against the national association realtors or they just want to better understand how rpac fights for us how nar fights for us where can they get some information they can find us at uh, the data advocate blog.com or we're on Facebook. Real Talk is the name of our group on Facebook. Join us there. You can send me an email at Saul at bettercallsaul.realtor, but that's hard to remember. So Saul at SaulKlein.com. And, uh, and I answer all my email and just uh, come join us on, in social media. We have a great time just talking about this. Right. And it provides some valuable context because most, as we know, are, I mean, every three years, realtors change over. 85% of realtors are gone and new ones are there, right? Mm -hmm. It's good context for what's happened in the past. And Rachel, if people want a uh, send you a referral in Chicago, or they have a question for you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688. You can find me on social at Rachel Real Estate or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thanks for being on, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.